Are you happy about the presence of the Lord? Would you lift your hands all over this house? Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy that's here, that's always in operation for your children. We're so thankful that your presence is touching us even now. We thank you that before this night comes to an end, we're going to receive exactly what you have for us. We're not going to miss out. Our hearts are open to receive from you. And so, Lord, we ask you that before this week comes to an end, let something significant take place so that you will clearly show us and we will have a confirmation that this is the week that you kick-started what you planned for 2021. We thank you that we're not coming to the end of this week the same way, but we're finishing changed for the better forever in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, and we give you all praise and glory in Jesus' wonderful name. If you believe it, somebody shout amen. 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 You can be seated tonight. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I am very, very happy about what God's doing. And uh, these first couple of days have been wonderful. And it's just going to continue to get better, I know. That's how God works. The Bible says, and we can see the principle over and over in the Scripture, that he saves the best for last. Amen. He saves the best for last. You know why? He's not a God that diminishes. His power does not diminish. His plans don't diminish. You can even see that throughout Scripture. We went from being in the middle of, uh, you know, at the beginning you went through the promise, then the law of Moses. It was okay, but it wasn't as good as the covenant we have with Jesus. And I love that the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 that we have a better covenant that's established upon better promises. Can you say amen? Is there anybody else tonight you're happy that when you've made a mistake, you don't have to slaughter a bull or a goat? <laughs> anybody happy that's not your system anymore? That there's an eternal lamb that's been slain for you, and the blood of that covenant is an ever-present sacrifice in the presence of the Lord. That's what Jesus is. He's our high priest. Amen. And he's constantly making intercession for us. Tonight, before we sow any seed or before we even pray uh, to ask the Lord uh, what we should do for his kingdom tonight, I want to show you something that will uh, build your faith about this. And I want you to turn with me to uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 5. I was there last night, and we're there again. Ed, good to see you, buddy. Glad you're here. Looking good. Glad to have you. I saw you the other night, and I didn't get a chance to hug you, but I'm glad you're back. Amen. You weren't offended by my neglect. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. I appreciate you saying that. Revelation 5. Tonight is a bittersweet night for me because uh, we were so happy to have Miss Letty Miras with us all the way from Massachusetts, and she has to drive back uh, to be with her family and go back to work after tonight's service. She got a 14-hour drive ahead of her, but she said, I'm staying for the service. I'm not missing. And so uh, we love her so much and appreciate her being here. I know you got family from the, from the uh, uh, Crossroads Community Church been watching every night, wishing they were here too. Um, but I'm telling you, we're so thankful you came. So happy that you were here. We love you very much. And you got in on the morning broadcast too, so you got double. Amen. <laughs> but we love you so much. And so she has to kind of sneak out of here to get on the road in order to be back home at a decent hour. So we're just going to say we love you right now in case you have to leave. We love you so much. Appreciate you driving 14 hours to be here with us. And uh, she'll have to probably get on the road about 8.30, but I'm getting my hugs in before we get rolling. Amen. Revelation 5, if you're there, say amen. amen. 
Now, one thing I want to show you is this, and I want you to say it with me by faith. Say this with me. I'm anointed to prosper. Say that again. I'm anointed to prosper. Part of what Jesus did for you is he transferred his anointing for prosperity to his people. Now, I'm going to break this down from the book of Revelation so you see what I'm talking about. But some people think the only reason Jesus died was to purchase salvation. It's the main thing, but it's not the only thing. The Bible teaches here in Revelation 5, and I'm reading verses 11 and 12. I want you to follow with me. The Bible says, Then I looked, and I heard around the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering, this version says, myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice. Now here's what those angels were saying. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Seven things that the angels were singing that Jesus died to receive. But let me break this down real quick because it's a really interesting thought. When you start looking at some of these where it says, and the lamb was slain to receive power. Well, I don't believe Jesus was powerless before he died. We can see that he had power. I mean, how many know he raised the dead before he died? He cleansed the leper before he died. He cast out devils before he died. Oh, hallelujah. He cursed the tree and it had to shrivel at the root before he died. Jesus said, all power is given unto me. So understand that Jesus was actually filled with power when he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Bible teaches. Now, if you've not seen that in the book of Luke, the Bible says he came up to John the Baptist in Luke chapter 3 and he said uh, that he wanted to be baptized. John said, I need to be baptized by you. He said, no, we must do all that the Spirit requires. And when he came up out of the water, the Bible says that the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And God spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son, audibly. And then the Bible says in Luke 4.1, and he was led in the, into the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. How many thankful he was filled with the Holy Ghost? He was led into the wilderness filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, after 40 days of fasting and prayer, the Bible says, and he returned in the power of the Spirit. He returned in the power of the Spirit. And so Jesus came back, and then he started immediately producing miracles. Where first? At the wedding at Cana of Galilee. Turn water into wine. Hallelujah. I saw somebody posted on Instagram this week. They said, I can't turn water into wine, but I can definitely turn pizza into breakfast. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I knew what they were talking about. And so you have to understand, he already was filled with power when he got filled with the Holy Ghost. What did he say? Now remember this. He was the, uh, what we would like to call the prototype man. He was showing you what you could be as a human being filled with God's Spirit. And what did he tell his disciples in Acts 1? And you shall receive power. Say it again. Power. 
after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses. That was after the resurrection, obviously, Pentecost. So notice this. Gee, I'm making this point for a reason. Jesus didn't have to die to get power. He already had it. But he had to die to receive power to give it to you. See, the reason that we can now have power because we came into the covenant through his blood and because we're, as I preached last night, part of the family, now that we're part of the family, we've got the power that he's got. And the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Glory to God. How'd we get there? We got there through our covenant with Christ, through his blood and through the Holy Ghost, which he sent. By the way, Jesus did not separate salvation from the Holy Ghost. Let me break that down for a minute, even though we're talking about seed sowing. Let me show you something, because people try to act like Jesus separated the two. Like, well, you got salvation, and then you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. No, no. In fact, Jesus so, so didn't separate the two that he told his followers before he left, I want all of you to go and wait in Jerusalem till you're filled with power from on high. Now, it's interesting to me that there was even a disinterest in the Holy Ghost back then. Because he had 500 people he showed his resurrected body to that were his followers. But only 120 went to get the Holy Ghost. You ever wonder where the other 380 go? Where'd the other 380 go? He had 500. Paul said that, 1 Corinthians 15. Showed his resurrected body to over 500 of the brothers at one time. And so I want you to see, the devil wants people to be disinterested in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Because that's where your power is. But if you read through the book of Acts, every time that groups of people got saved, the very next thing that happened was that they got filled with the Holy Ghost. There was no break. Bow your head, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful service tonight. Bless them as they go home. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your presence. And we'll see you tomorrow night in Jesus' No, The power of the Holy Ghost. Catch this. As soon as they got saved, Acts chapter 8, Philip preached in Samaria. The whole city got saved. What's the first thing they did? Peter and John, come down here, lay your hands on them, get them all filled with the Holy Ghost. House of Cornelius, they all get saved, and as he's preaching, what did God do? Filled them all with the Holy Ghost, they start speaking in tongues. Paul goes to Ephesus, Acts 19, finds 12 men. He says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, we never even heard there is such a thing as the Holy Ghost. He said, then what baptism were you baptized with? They said, John's baptism. He said, that's just baptism in water. Upon hearing this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and he laid his hands upon them, and all 12 were filled with the Holy Ghost, and begin to speak with other tongues and prophesy. It's not something they separated apart. It was God's plan to not only save you, but to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And so we got power because we've got the covenant. But look at the very next thing. Who received power and wealth? Jesus didn't need to die to get wealth. He had it when he was here. People don't know that. They act like Jesus was a pauper. Because they don't even interpret the word properly. I had a guy actually send me a message two days ago. He said, oh, you think Jesus was blessed? Ever read this scripture before? And then send me, foxes have holes and birds have nests. 
the Son of Man hath no place to lay his head. So, wow, didn't know that was in there. Thanks for sending it. I'm going to have to read the Bible one of these days as a preacher. I think it'll do me good. No, I said, if you think he was actually talking about the fact he was homeless, he went to Mount, he's homeless. You know how you can prove that? You go into the Gospels, and the disciples come around and say, Hey, Jesus, where are you staying? He said, Come and see, and took them back to his house in Galilee, and they abode with him all day long. He didn't say, I'm, not, I'm staying under the bridge over here in Samaria. <laughs> On the st steps of the soup kitchen over here if you want to join me for the afternoon. No. He had a home in Galilee. He said, come stay with me for the day. And they all abode with him for the day. He was giving them a principle about leaving all behind to do what God's called him to do. Not saying I'm homeless. The Son of Man hath no place to lay his head. We think he just had to walk around his whole life with no place to lay his head. Well, I read the Bible literally, brother. <laughs> See, understand, Jesus wasn't poor. Jesus had excess. You know how I know? I can prove it to you from Scripture. Here's how you know Jesus had excess money, actual excess money. First of all, he employed a treasurer, which you don't need if you don't have treasure. I've never met one homeless person who had a treasurer. I've been in every inner city in America. I've never gone on the street and see dude sleeping in a cardboard box, but also next to him is his treasurer in a cardboard box. <laughs> Need a daily report, how much we got today. Still nothing, still nothing today. Jesus employed a treasurer, name was Judas. And now here's an interesting fact. The Bible says Judas got very irritated when that woman broke open that alabaster jar of a perfume that the Bible says cost a year's wages and spread that ointment on his body for the preparation of his burial and his crucifixion. And I want you to see this. Judas was the one who piped up and said, well, I can't believe you'd do that. We should have sold that and gave the money to the poor. And then the Bible tells on him and said, he said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he often stole from the money bag. <laughs> Bible told on him. And notice about this, that's how you know there was extra. Because there's a man who is constantly, for three and a half years, stealing money out of the treasure bag, and you won't find one place in the scripture where they were preparing for a ministry trip, and they said, hey, where'd the money go? We don't have any finances to go do this meeting. I, we're going to have to leave nine of you behind. We can only afford to bring three disciples on this one. Jesus had excess. I said Jesus had excess. If you read Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, you'll find that there were wealthy businesswomen who traveled with them and the disciples who constantly gave to the ministry of Jesus out of their own personal wealth, the Bible says. That's Luke 8, 1 through 3. He had partnership in the ministry. He wasn't doing it by himself. God attached people to the Lord who constantly sowed seed into his ministry. Jesus was not a pauper. He was blessed. Woo, glory to God. You want to talk about something powerful? He was so much anointed to be wealthy and attracted wealth that at his birth, wise men had to show up with treasures fit for a king. They believed he would be a king, an actual king. That's what they believed. And Herod believed it so much that he had a secret plan to kill him so he wouldn't take the throne. But the wise men, you know, we all, we get messed up, you know, because of Christmas. 
we see those the nativity scenes. It's like a tiny little box of gold and a little box of frankincense and a little bit of myrrh. And you know, now our nativities have become very politically correct. You got a black wise man, a white wise man, and an Asian wise man. And we think that there were three men that came with little boxes for a baby. No, there was a caravan. In fact, the Bible doesn't tell us how many wise men there were. Caravan. And the Bible says, and they gave to him and produced from their treasure bags. Think about that. They brought gifts that they, in their mind, were going to meet a king. We're going to present to him gifts fit for a king. And they opened up the gold and they opened up the frankincense, and they opened up the myrrh. You know what Bible scholars believe? Bible scholars believe they sowed so much money into Jesus when he was two years old that when his family left the country and went into Egypt to escape Herod's wrath, that they everything was paid for cash based on what was given to the Lord at his time of two years old. And the, woo! Somebody shout excess. excess. Say excess. You're anointed to be wealthy. I said, you're anointed to be wealthy. You're anointed to overflow. You're anointed to overflow. Now, see, that word wealthy freaks people out because, you know, the, it pricks up everything inside us that we've heard for you. Well, brother, I don't need much. Amen. Amen. But see, that's a selfish way to think. That's why religion wants us to think that way. Because the less resources we have, the less of an impact we will make. You ever heard this phrase before? Oh, I'd love to help you if I would, but I can't. Oh, I'd do it if I could, brother, but I can't at this time, and we can't really do that. Yeah, it's because they do love you. There's people give you the shirt off their back if they could, but they're struggling to meet their own needs. See, that's why you got to get your vision higher. I'm not just believing to feed my children. We feed hundreds of children every single morning, every single day of our ministry's life. Why? Kids eat all over the world because we're believing for more than just my family. I remember growing up, we'd have some people come to the church. And I remember some of these evangelists, and God bless them, there wasn't a whole lot of teaching on provision or blessing. But I remember coming, people were just traveling just to live. You know, I heard one evangelist actually make a joke. He said, all the offerings this week you're sowing are going to feed hungry children. Mine. But I'm telling you, there's some that had such a small vision. Such a small vision. It was just like, I got to keep doing this just to get by. I got to keep doing this just to get by. And I'm telling you, that's not God's vision for your life. He don't want you going week to week. You don't have a God that just wants to meet your needs. You've got a God that wants to take you into the overflow because you're anointed by your covenant with Jesus to be wealthy. Somebody said, well, what does that mean? Does that mean God wants to make every believer a multimillionaire? No. It means that God wants to give you more than enough to accomplish your purpose with plenty left over. That's what wealthy means. It means all, everything's taken care of and you got far more than enough left over. Yeah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Don't you know that wealthy is a relative term? It's something that's based upon where you're at in life. See, I, I give people this example so that they could understand. I got to sit down at a table one time with Dr. Reinhard Bonnke, have lunch with him, listen to him speak, receive from him. Greatest, probably the greatest evangelist to ever walk the earth. Uh, he, he played a DVD for us. I had tears streaming down my face. So did my wife. 
He has seen so many altar calls. I shared one with you this week. But he had a guy from Hollywood who scored movies, did the music for movies. He said, Dr. Bonke, I've seen your clips of your crusades. I'd like you to give me the footage so that I could put it together and then write music, orchestral music, to go behind your altar calls, just your altar calls. So he sent him all this footage from all these altar calls across Africa. The man wrote beautiful, beautiful music. He said, sit down, let me play this for you. We popped that DVD in, and that came on the screen. And you see just, I mean, a sea of people in every location. A sea of people. Over a million people. And then, of course, as I told you in that one night, over a million came to the altar. And then just you see people responding in all these cities, coming in the, by, in the droves to the altar. You know, 200,000, 600,000, a million people coming to be saved. And this music's playing. Well, let me tell you, it costs a lot of money to hold a crusade like that. And let's say Dr. Bonke was believing God and he needed $2.1 million to hold a crusade like that. Well, that's where his purpose is. His purpose for that crusade is at $2.1 million. Well, let's, so I, let's say I, I came over here where I'm at in ministry. See, this is why comparing yourselves among yourselves, you're unwise. Because, see, not everybody's at the same level. Not everybody has the same vision. Not everybody has the same purpose. And so maybe I'm holding a crusade over here that it cost me $210,000, not $2.1 million. Well, if we've both got our faith out and Dr. Bonke's believing for $2.1 million and I'm believing for $210,000, if we both set our faith and I I have $400,000 come in, and he has $400,000 come in. I'm rejoicing he's in a bind. My wealth, my increase doesn't even come close to meeting his need. So you can see how it's relative. It's based on what God's called you to do, where you're at, where you're headed. But let's say the same thing happened. If God blessed me to the same degree, I got 400000 and I only needed two hundred and ten, and he's bleeding for $2.1 million and $4 million comes in, we're both rejoicing. Now we're both in a place of the overflow. We're both got all bills paid, gospels being preached, people are being changed, and we got more than enough left over to keep working for the Lord. It's all relative. That's wealth on both sides. I said that's wealth on both sides. And you don't ever have to stop because God will keep increasing you, increasing you, increasing you. You know what part of the vision is? Get yourself bigger vision. Get yourself a bigger expectancy because there's no cap on what God can do for you. Somebody shout amen. amen. He said, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth. Hallelujah. But then if you go all the, all the way to number seven, it says and blessing. And people think wealth is blessing. But wealth's not the blessing. The blessing causes the wealth to come out. Let me give it to you this way. The wealth is the result of the blessing. A blessing is a pronouncement. I command you to be blessed. I bless you. Why do you think Esau was so upset to find out his father had given the blessing to his brother? Because the blessing, actually, he knew in his mind, it will manifest in the natural realm. It'll cause things to happen. <sighs> you know, we were talking about this uh, last night, and, and Pastor Brian was over in Israel and talked to a father. The, the Jewish people still so believe in the paternal blessing or the blessing of the father 
He said he was talking to a man in Israel, and he said he's got a younger son that's out and about. And he said, even though my son's not that religious, he doesn't get into, you know, the level of Judaism where he's practicing. He said he'll still call me on the phone. How old would he have been? 20-some years old, the son? Probably in his 20s. And he said, he'll, he said, my son will still call me up on the phone and say, Dad, I'm getting ready to do this or that. P bless me. Bless me, Dad. Bless me, Dad, because they believe in the pronounced blessing that comes from the Father. And see, I want you to understand this, that the blessing is a pronouncement, that when God pronounces a blessing on you, that's why the Bible says you can't curse what God's already blessed. <laughs> see, Balaam understood that. When there is a wicked king trying to pay him money to curse God's people. He said, I'm going to go inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said, I haven't found any fault with my people. He said, they're my people. They're serving me. They're blessed. He had to come back to the king. Said, take your money back. I cannot curse what God has already blessed. What he was saying was, God's already pronounced over them that they will be blessed and will continue to. So anything I say doesn't matter because if God's for you tell me who can be against you yeah. oh yes see this is the exciting part because it doesn't if you understand this fully that you're anointed to prosper it doesn't matter what's going on in the economy it doesn't matter what's going on in government it don't matter what's going on in the stock market or the Dow Jones. It doesn't matter what's going on in the culture because if God's the one blessing you, he will make a way where there was no way. Yeah. You know how many people we had write our ministry and say, you know, we had people all around us getting laid off, people all around us getting fired. I got promoted three times. You know why? Because God is the one who pronounces the blessing. And understand this, promotion according to Scripture, Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. Promotion comes from the Lord. And he decides who will rise and who will fall. So once I understand that my increase, my blessing, my promotion does not come from men, it comes from God himself, I understand that if I'll just please the Lord with my life, if I'll just obey his word, I don't care who works against me, who tries to stop me, you can't stop the blessing of God that's come upon the people who are faithful. Now see it. Say it again, I'm anointed, I'm anointed to be wealthy. Before we start, let me just give you a couple of things, just two other things from Psalms. And I want you to see it because when you break it down, it makes it so clear. Two of my favorite things to read. Psalm 1, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really break this down. First three verses, Psalm 1, listen, blessed is the man. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man. <laughs> Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. I don't need advice from wicked people. I don't need mockery from wicked people. I don't need condemnation from wicked people. I've had people, you know, there's been people who have told me, we actually had an accountant tell us one time, you might want to take it a little easy with the contributions. I said, but I'm paying you to count. You just keep counting. Because if I keep doing what sowing seed into a gospel, you'll have more to count. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
I can't believe those kinds of pieces of instruction. You take it easy with the contributions. What do you care? Just let me be blessed. It's my money. I'll do what I want with it. Hallelujah. Who walks not in the counsel of the wicked or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers. I used to take that literally. Don't stand in the way of sinners. I see a sinner. Come on through. Go ahead. <laughs> not going to stand in your way. Hallelujah. Just keep on going. But what does he do? He delights himself in the law of the Lord. When, when we decide to, to delight ourselves, you know, I heard a Brother Copeland say this. They made this decision early on in their lives, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. They said, we made a decision. If we see it in the Bible, we're just going to do it. That's it. We're not going to negotiate it. We're not going to find a reason why we can't do it. If we see it in the Bible, we're just going to do it. And, you know, she wrote about this in her book, which were uh, last month we gave to our partners, God's Will is Prosperity. And she talked about the fact that uh, they made a decision to do it so hardcore that when they read where the Bible says, you'll lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. They said, well, if that's what the Bible says, we'll never have a loan ever in our lives. Now imagine taking the step of faith to say that. that if I buy a car, I buy it cash. If I buy a house, I buy it cash. I'll rent till I buy a house cash. And she had a very specific house that she wanted. She'd drawn it out. She knew all the things she wanted in her house. She had it all, her wish list, if you will. She had the perfect house set up that she wanted, and she was ready to go. And do you know when they moved down to Texas, there was a woman who had already built a house and custom-made the whole house and didn't feel to live in it. When they came down, she said, I just feel to give you this house. When Gloria Copeland walked through that house, it was all the things she she had put on her wish list all the things she wanted everything was built the way she would have built it but they made a decision to honor the Lord and say if the Bible says that we're going to do it and they said if it said we'll lend and we won't borrow then we won't borrow and they walked right into a blessing without paying a dime hallelujah that God had planned for their life because if you'll delight yourself in the law of the Lord meditating on it day and night See, I don't, I don't, and you don't, and you should not sit around imagining, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what's going to happen this year. I don't understand how it's going to come together financially. You know what you said, sit around meditating on? There is nothing that can curse me. There is literally nothing that can stop me. There is nothing that can bankrupt me. There is nothing that can take me out. There is nothing that can touch my blessing. People are on the way to bless me right now. Checks are in the mail right now. Debts are being canceled right now. You should sit around and meditate on that. You know, you should sit around meditating what's going to be like when you don't have one payment. You ought to just sit back and think, man, it's going to be wonderful here shortly when God takes care of me and I'm faithful to do what his word says and I have no car payment and I have no house payment and I've got no student loan payment and I've got no credit card minimum payment due and I don't have any of this stuff hanging over my head. Medical bills are paid. Everything's paid and I'm in the clear and all I'm doing is building wealth for the kingdom. Man, it's going to feel good because I'm getting ready to bless some people like they've never been blessed. I'm getting ready to bring some other people out of bondage. I'm getting ready to pay somebody else's car off. I'm getting ready to pay somebody else's mortgage off. I'm getting ready to take somebody else out of credit card debt. I'm getting ready to pay somebody else's student loan. I'm getting ready to take care of somebody else's medical bills. Hallelujah. Why? Because we overflow and we are a blessing. 
And the Bible says when we do all these things, meditate on it day and night, the Bible says then you'll be like a tree planted by streams of water. Pulling that sustenance, pulling that sustenance that yields fruit in its season. I want you to declare it. I am abundantly fruitful. Say it again. I'm abundantly fruitful. Now listen. And its leaves do not wither. That's enough to shout about right there. I'm not getting weaker and weaker. I'm getting stronger and stronger. I'm not getting, I'm not diminishing. I'm increasing. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not diminishing. Do you know when the first part of last year hit and we thought to ourselves, you know, the devil tries to put the same thought in everybody's mind. Oh, they're locking the nation down. And, of course, we travel for a living and God, all this stuff, and that's what God uses us to do. And you think to yourself, and people call you up, oh, it's going to be rough for preachers, brother. It's going to be rough for evangelists. Can't travel. Can't go anywhere. Can't. Oh, your income's going to dry up. Sources are going to dry up. And people aren't working. Your partnership's going to dry up. And I just laughed. I just began to laugh. I laughed at it. I came home, went 25 days straight on the spirit of faith twice a day on, online. I said, devil, you think I'm stupid? I'm going to go on. I heard the Lord tell me. I, I was in the middle of Detroit, Michigan when the pandemic hit and the lockdown hit. The pastor said, let's just keep on going. And we went on and continued the whole week. And then I got on a plane on Saturday to fly home. When I stepped on the plane, I heard the Lord say, when you get home, you get on every day, twice a day, morning and night, and teach my people on a spirit of faith. Call it the spirit of faith sessions. Go till I tell you to stop. Go till I tell you to stop. I think we did 25 days straight without stopping. Spirit of faith in the morning, spirit of faith at night. When I finished that, I got over into the Dominion Over the Devil series. Hallelujah. I was just coming up with every title where I could stomp on his head. Hallelujah. Spirit of faith, uh, stomp on the devil, uh, Dominion Over the uh, Kept on going. And can I tell you something? I think it was only really April and part of May that we didn't travel. And I, when we didn't, I was working and I'll be honest with you, I needed the time home to work. We had a lot to get done, a lot to do for the ministry. Can I tell you what happened in 2020 when everybody else was saying hoard up and you can't be blessed and you're going to have a rough year and batten down the hatches? Our ministry increased 123% in one year. <laughs> double and a quarter. Double and a quarter. Somebody say double and a quarter. And the, just to rub it in the devil's eye. God causes us to double and a quarter. Do you know in a, in a year of a, what they call a, a lockdown where everybody's going, God gave us a television studio in 2020. Opened the doors, now we're on television going all over the world preaching the gospel. Do you know we had so much increase, it blew people's minds. And it's not because of me, it's because of the Lord. He's good and his mercy endures forever. Listen to this now. Your leaves won't wither, you'll prosper in all you do. And finally, let me give you Psalm 110. Or 112, excuse me. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. Your kids. Somebody say, my kids and my grandkids. Going to be mighty. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house. Who is this talking about? Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. How many people fear the Lord in the house tonight? Let me tell you the promise from Scripture. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Well, brother, that means spiritual wealth. Amen. No, it doesn't mean spiritual wealth. 
Because when you look at it, if you go to the last verse in the chapter, chapter verse 10, the wicked man will see it and become angry. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The wicked cannot see my internal righteousness. They can't see my spiritual riches in heavenly places. They can't see that. They can't see that. Amen. I said they can't see it. You know what that means? It's got to be actual wealth and riches that ticks wicked people off. That's why I'm going to get so blessed just to make people grind their teeth in anger. Look what the Bible says. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. And the desire of the wicked shall perish. You're anointed to prosper. You're anointed to be wealthy. You're anointed to increase to the place that those with an antichrist spirit will have to look at it and be angry. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies and your cup will overflow. I love it because when God prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies, it's one table, many chairs, one place setting. One table, many chairs, one place setting. One plate, one fork, one spoon, one knife, one cup. You know why there's a whole table and many chairs? Because those suckers have to sit there and watch you eat. They're only there to pass the butter. Hallelujah. I've got a... You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look every one of them in the eye while I'm cutting through that steak. It's good. Mm -hmm. It's very, very good. If you're ready to be blessed, lift your hands. I'm telling you that the people of God, the faithful people of God, will be abundantly blessed. The Bible says wealth and riches will be in your house, and your righteousness will endure forever, and the wicked will have to take notice of what God's doing in your life. Let me encourage you before we pray. That's how you know that God doesn't want to do something insignificant in your life. Because if he did something that was insignificant, it could be swept under the rug and explained away. But according to Psalm 112, that it has to be something so spectacular that even those with an antichrist spirit will take notice of what God's doing in your life. That should be your expectation. That God blesses you to that kind of a degree. That you will be a testimony of his goodness on the earth. That you will be a deliverer for somebody else. A blessing to somebody else. That's my desire. I want to be a blessing to my generation. I don't want to be a liability. I want to be an asset. Hallelujah. I'm not called to be a liability. I ain't looking for a handout. I'm not looking for a subsidy. I'm not looking for stimulus. I know. I'm just telling y'all. The government's not my source. Amen? The White House is not my source. The Federal Reserve ain't my source. It's not even, it has nothing federal about the Federal Reserve. It's run by global banking systems. It has nothing to do with our country whatsoever. It's privatized. They ain't my source. Run by a bunch of antichrist people. My source is Jehovah Jireh. El Shaddai, he is the all-sufficient one. There's nothing, that God, you know, heaven doesn't run out. There's no recession in heaven, ever. 
<laughs> oh, hallelujah. Ooh, glory to God. That gets me excited, man. Ain't no recession in heaven. God's never had to bail one of the angels out. Lord, we haven't been able to make our rent this month up here. It's all right. We've got a package coming for you. He never had to do it. He's a good God who gives good gifts to those that ask him. That's what I love about our God. He's a loving heavenly father. Jesus said this, who knows how to give good gifts. If you're ready for good gifts in 2021, lift a hand to heaven and say, thank you, Lord, that you are providing for my family, providing for my children. We'll never know loss. We'll never know lack. Poverty will not be our story. For we have a provider, and we're anointed to prosper in Jesus' name. Now, would you bow your head? Father, speak to your people tonight. Father, let us, by our obedience, activate our covenant. As you give us instruction by your Holy Spirit tonight, we'll sow our seed. And as we sow this seed, we thank you that increase is coming into our hand and coming into our house in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you for that and give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Before you do what the Lord tells you, I want you to say this before pastor comes. Say, I am the head. Am I'm, not the tail. I'm not the tail. Always above. Always above. I'll, never I'll never be beneath. When I go out, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. When I come in, I am blessed. When I go into the city, I'm blessed. Come into the field, I'm blessed. My basket and my storehouse are both blessed. Let me just give you one last word. If you're going to be blessed, get a space to place the blessings of God. You know that the oil ran out when there were no more vessels. No more vessels. Be prepared for what God has. Amen. Be prepared. Somebody, oh, do you have? I wish, I wish I had extra. Well, do you have you even opened a savings account? Well, no, I don't have a savings account. Go open one. God will bless your storehouse, not just your basket, not just your checking. He'll bless your savings. He'll bless your money market account. He'll bless your 401k. He'll be, he'll bless your SEP retirement account. He'll bless your Roth IRA. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I'll be ready for what God's bringing my way. I said, I'm going to be ready for what God's bringing my way. In Jesus' mighty name. Now begin to do what the Lord's telling you to do. Obey that instruction. And God's going to bless you abundantly in Jesus' name. And on your feet, just lift your offering right now. Lord, we worship you with our giving tonight. Lord, we worship you with our giving. We praise you and we thank you. Lord, we're expecting great and mighty things. Lord, this is filling the vessel. You found the vessels that are willing to receive, ready to receive, sowing and receiving, Lord. And tonight as we sow, Father, we recognize every single cent that we give in that heart of love, that we give cheerfully and aboundingly in our hearts, Lord. Every single cent, it is holy to you. It is something special to you, Lord. And Father, it's our honor to worship you tonight. We praise you and we thank you for it and we give you all of the glory and the praise and the honor and if you believe it, shout amen. amen.
and you may bring it forward, put it in the basket. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Online, you're welcome to give. They're putting all the stuff up on the screen on how to give. Thank you, Lord. Father, you are overflowing your people. Play that loud. Play it upbeat. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for overflowing your people. Thank you, Lord, for overflowing ministries. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Pastor Brand. Good to see you, man. <laughs> Listen, I got something to tell you. Thank you. Go ahead. Have a seat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I just turned around and I looked back and I saw you, and I didn't even realize it was you, but they had told me that there's a pastor here, and I didn't realize it was you until I saw you walking forward. But when I turned around and I looked in your direction, I, I, what I heard from the Lord is this, is that, He's going to start supplying in a different way. There's going to be a provision on the ministry that's different than it's ever been before. And that message tonight, it was not by chance that tonight's the night you came. That he, you've got plans. God's put souls on your heart. God's put the kingdom advancement on your heart. And you and I don't even know each other very well, but I know. I sensed it in the Holy Ghost, and I know. And, he's, and when we are concerned about the harvest that God is interested in, He puts all of the seed in your hand to get it done. And abundance for every good work. And Lord, right now, just stretch your hands right here to Pastor Brandon. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for filling his hands in Jesus' name in every way. Thank you, Lord, for filling his hands in every way in Jesus' name. Lord, let it not just be full. Let it not just be to the top but let it overflow out of their ministry and into the lives of every person you have called them to touch, every part of destiny and vision that you place in their hearts, Lord. Let it overflow now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for it. Bless them in every way. Thank you, Lord, for the overflow of your anointing. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. Amen. Good evening. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. You know, I was, uh, as we were preparing for this, uh, something hit me a couple of months ago in preparation for Kickstart, and I really didn't even have a message on it until today, not a, not a full message. But I realized something uh, that about the last year that really bothered me. And um, one of the things that really bothered me was I saw a whole lot of Christians, and hear this, think on every word that I'm about to say. I saw a whole lot of Christians self-proclaiming, believe in Jesus, believe in, believe in Christ, believe they're going to heaven, and I saw a bunch of Christians who say that they know him. They say that they know him. And this, this bothered me. It, it, and I didn't realize, I didn't have words for it till today. They, put, they were more concerned about the contagiousness yeah. of a curse yeah. than they were the contagiousness of truth. They were more concerned about the contagiousness of a curse than they were about the contagiousness of the truth. 
And the Lord, several months ago, he, he gave me a message. He said, contagious. We have the most contagious thing ever in the history of the world, in the truth of the good news of Jesus Christ, in the power of the Word of God. And we've sat back and let the world put their words in our hearts and in our minds and then come out of our mouth and, and so that we took up more concern about the contagiousness of the curse than we did about the truth of God. Whereas we should be the most contagious thing walking around. But we weren't, you know, I've, I've seen, and not just, uh, you know, here at this church, we, we had again, we had the same thing. The greatest year we've ever had. The greatest year we've ever had last year. I mean, it was awesome. It was to the glory of God. Yeah. So good. So good. Great year. And, but it's one of those things. So we, you know, I didn't see that a whole lot in the people that was around me. But I saw it a lot in the world. I saw it a lot in the news reports. A concern about a curse more than the truth that was within them. What does that tell us? That tells us that the reality that the world preached was more real to the majority of the so-called church than the reality of their Lord and Savior. Than the reality of a truth that will set them free. This shouldn't be the case. We've got to be the kind of people that not only get contagious to the world, but it's time for us to be contagious to the other believers, or at least the so-called believers. we got to be carrying something that makes a difference. we got to be carrying something that's going to change things. we got to be carrying something, an overflow, an abundance of the glory of God, so that when we come next to somebody, all the sudden the anointing starts flowing the anointing starts getting on all the people around it's not it's not just you know telling stories no it's a reality it's a reality of the power of God that'll make uh, teenagers shake under the power and cry when every other teenager of the world just wants to be cool you know, no, they'll sit up here and weep under the power of God because of a reality of an anointing, yeah. of a reality of an anointing, the reality of God's love through Jesus Christ. They, and listen, not just to get on preachers, not just to be on preachers, every believer, everyone. Those that believe in Mark 16, they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They're carrying the power of God. They're carrying the revelation of God. And they don't have to be 20. They don't have to be 30 or 40 or 50. They don't have to be 10. Speaking by the Holy Ghost. Speaking by the power of God. And us, listen, uh, the adults ought to be living it so much that our children see the oil of God on us. The truth of his contagious nature on us. And our children start to yearn. I want to be like dad. I want to be like mom. The truth is, and this is, this is a good thing too, but it ought to be flip-flop. Right? The truth is the world has allowed the church to go into a place or the church has allowed the world to get them there, right? To allow us to get to a place where we're more moved by the anointing we see coming through the kids than the anointing of us coming on the kids. 
We've got to take the responsibility to be an adult, to be the mature ones of Christ. Then all of a sudden, the, our kids feel the anointing in our home. Our kids feel the anointing in the car. They don't see people that are offended at things. They don't see people that are like on the horn, you know, well... Maybe every now and then, but in at the stoplight. They see, like, look at the love of God, the anointing, the peace, the mercy that comes out of my parents, that comes out of my aunts and uncles. Look at the grace of God and the supernatural that comes out of them. Look at that love. Look at that mercy. Look at that person that just got healed. It's supposed to be a reality. And it's supposed to be in every believer, not just the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Not just that. I loved what we were talking about the other day. Where T.O. Osborne that you've been talking about. And he, and he said, I don't even know if I am a preacher. I don't even know if I am an apostle. I don't even know if I am. Like it, It's crazy to think that he's not. But that was his heart. His heart was, look, if you'll just go after God, any believer can start to walk in the power of God, start to walk as a soul winner, as a disciple maker of Jesus Christ, walk in something that's real, that lights the world up, that lights the world up. This is what we're called to. We're called to be contagious. 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 It's what Jesus was. It's what the disciples were. They lit up the world. They lit up the world. And it's time to get back to it. It's time to get back to it. Time to get back to the time when there was no bad preaching against being a Christian. When there was nothing to come back. You know, when you go into Acts... You know, the reason why they poured out the Holy Ghost so easily, they'd never seen it before. They didn't have, there was no bad preaching to come against tongues, to come against the filling of the Holy Ghost, because nobody had ever seen it before. So it just flowed. Today, we've had preachers come against it so much. It's like the anointing of God that he wants to empower his church to be witnesses. People are so scared of that stuff. We were sitting in, in here not long after we moved in this building. It was the most interesting thing. And I started praying in the Holy Ghost. The Lord gave me specific direction to do it. I started praying in the Holy Ghost. This afternoon, Mom and I were uh, talking about uh, tongues. And, and, and we got to talking about some things about it in 1 Corinthians 14. And I said, the funny thing is we make up all these, all these rules. It's not even in the Bible. You know, Like, for example, when you have interpretation, right? When you have interpretation of tongues, you know, does it have to be announced? This is the interpretation. Let's get ready to rumble. Here comes the interpretation. I hadn't found that scripture. You found that scripture. I ain't found that scripture. Like, it's like we got to get everybody ready for the interpretation. Please turn my mic up just a little bit, please. He's like, we got to get everybody ready for the interpretation. That scripture ain't there. It's not there. Never do I have to give an announcement, this is the interpretation. That's something we made up. That's something we made up. Here's the other thing. Watch this. Let me ask you a question. Does the interpretation have to come right after the tongue? If it does, where's the scripture? 
It's not there either. But yet we put it there. It's like, and if somebody prays in tongues and we, and we think we know what we're talking about, we're like, oh, where's the interpretation? Where is it? Where is it? And we're like the interpretation police, you know? We're like, we're like church Karen. I was tired of the Karens last year. I'm not kidding. I was tired of it. Please don't let anybody be Karen that's watching or in the sanctuary right now that I'm not aware of. But if it is, I'm sorry. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the other one. The other one. Yeah. Wearing a mask, you know. Anyway, it, you know, I was... We don't need to be the church Karens. We're not called to police all the stuff the Holy Ghost wants to do. We're called to let the Holy Ghost flow. And let me just say, the order of the Holy Ghost is generally a lot different than the order we've set down in our mind. God's order is a lot different. I mean, look at it just in Acts. The order of God was there were at least 16 different people groups, at least 16 different people groups that heard those glorifying God statements, that had to sound crazy. There was such a sound that all of Jerusalem heard it. All of Jerusalem came out to see, what was that? I mean, we don't think of order as you know, bringing the, what was that response? We don't think that's order. No, no, we want to see, we want order to all be like in line and you do it this way. And then, you know, it's, is it on, the, that was not on the bulletin, Holy Ghost. That was not on the agenda. How, oh, Holy Ghost, how dare you? How dare you? Oh my goodness. I love, I love what Brother Ted said last night. He, he said, uh, Pastor Steve Barbie. And uh, he said, I've been trying to preach the same message for three weeks. Can't get it out because the Holy Ghost keeps giving me a live word right in the middle of it. That's been happening to me too. Like I come up here and I got notes and I didn't even get to them last Sunday. I didn't even get to them. That's because Ted preached. But no, it, no, but the Sunday before that, I didn't even get to my notes. I didn't even get to them. That happens all the time. Why? Because there's an alive word. I'll be studied. I'll have notes. I'll have whatever. But then all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost says, I know who's sitting in there. I know who's listening online. I know what they need right now. This is what I love here. And I love being at the back of the door. And the Holy Ghost is giving me some words. And they'll come through and say, get the microphones out of my house. Why? Why? Because they think... They think that I know what they're going through. I don't know what you're going through. The Holy Ghost knows. We need the power of God in revelation. Brother Ted's uh, dad, they were doing the camp meeting right before they came here. He said on Friday night, there was such specific words in people's lives. He said, I literally watched multiple people get up and like slide out the side. Like, do not get that word near me. I got too much junk in my life. Y'all have never been there, but I, I you know, y'all have never thought that at all. But that's what was happening. Lord, right now, the ones who are thinking that right now, just keep them here. Glow them to the seat in the name of Jesus. Order. Order. And so we think that the, you know, our, our level of order looks so much different from God's. 
But God's got a plan. And his plan doesn't look like our plan so many times. And the reason is because we've given ourselves so much to worldly thinking. It's just like what I said at the beginning. We were so concerned about a curse that was contagious. The contagiousness of a curse instead of being concerned about the contagiousness of the truth. See, the issue is worldly thinking has sometimes been allowed in the church. And there's a worldly thinking towards the power of the Holy Ghost. God has a contagious item of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, to bring about a power to be witnesses. He's got a contagiousness of the Holy Ghost that he's been desiring to loose in the church for over 2,000 years. And before it was preached about and preached against, here's what he did. He poured it out and it just flew into the streets of Jerusalem and God wants to flow into the streets of Albemarle and Stanley County and the United States and the world again. It's time for an awakening. It's time. It's time. It's time. Oh, it's time for a flow. It's time for a flow. You've been flowing in it for 40 years, and it's not been esteemed, but there's an esteem coming right now. It's a time spoken by the Lord. There's an esteem coming. There's some things that are waking up in Jesus' name. You're going to get to see, Brother Stephen here. you're going to get to see a harvest and a manifestation of the plowman's hands on the plow. You're going to get to see a manifestation of it. You're going to get to see it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He says in Luke chapter 3 and verse 16, you can turn there, I want you to see this. Luke chapter 3 and verse 16. God wants us to be contagious. You know, while you're turning there, going back to the tongues, did you know that interpretation doesn't have to sound like this? Thus saith the Lord... You don't have to put that on there. And guess what? It might not come like that. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 6, you'll actually see there's four different types of interpretation. Unless the tongues has an interpretation in these four different ways. And the four different ways are knowledge, prophecy, revelation, and teaching. In other words, you can have God reveal something from Scripture, and that's the interpretation. It doesn't even begin to start with, thus saith the Lord. Then you can have prophecy. That's all. That's in New Testament. That's an edification, an exhorting, and a consolation, a building up, a comforting, a strengthening of the body. Then you can have knowledge. You can have a word of knowledge. That means there's a supernatural. All of them are supernatural. It's a supernatural thing that breaks down the shield of people. All of a sudden, they're sitting there and they're, you know, the world has been taught. How many, you may know this right off the bat. How many, how many ads do people see every day today? Do you have a close idea? It's in the thousands, I know. It's at least over 3,000 ads your average person sees today. There's so much input coming in, we just put up walls. We just put up this, this shield around us. Like, and, and you know, if you don't believe me, just look at your phone and when it's a telemarketer's number and we'll see how your shield's working. You'll be like, mm, I ain't answering that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I ain't talking to them. Not unless you want to torture them and then, then you're happy when they call. 
which everybody wants to torture them. You just hadn't come up with a good way yet. I understand. And so here's the thing. Everybody has this shield. And, and so, but God has a contagious answer to that. He'll release the power of God. He'll release the power of God. Real quick, before I talk more about that, the last interpretation is teaching. In other words, you can have a word, a public gift of tongues, and the interpretation is what gets taught. The interpretation is what's about to come through the speaker, the teaching of the speaker. And the whole thing can be the interpretation. This is So a lot of times we've been, and there's more, there's more that I could pull out of just 1 Corinthians 14, but we've, we've had all these ideas of order and what we've done is we've held back the flow of the Holy Ghost that he wants to get in our lives. But when we'll let that flow go, then the shields that people have up, that supernatural word, that supernatural prophecy, that supernatural word of revelation, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, It'll crack that shield wide open and all of a sudden that person that's sitting there with all of their stuff, you start reading their mail. You start reading their mail and telling them what God need, what God wants to do in their life and what they need in their life. And all of a sudden they start crying and the tears start flowing. They, that, listen, the power of God, the flow of the Holy Ghost outside of their ordered little world and outside of the order of a religious spirit, it cracks that shell open and it inserts the love of God right there. A seed that can't be denied and a seed seed that's going to produce fruit. But it comes through the flow of the Holy Ghost, a contagiousness, a contagiousness. Not too long ago, I was sitting in the bank and uh, there was a guy came in and I had seen him at other church events and uh, I knew, I knew he needed to see something. I just knew it by the Holy Ghost. And, and he sat down next to me. I was waiting in line for something. I said, here, come down and sit next to me. And I, and I knew, and he started telling me some, some stuff and like some things that he was going through and all this stuff. And to me, I was just hearing, you know, blah, 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 blah. Because it was the religious jargon that I've watched people live for years and years and years. And, and I, I, I felt for him. And the Lord actually wanted me to do something with him. He said, show him the reality of the anointing. And, and, you know, I wasn't, I was thinking just for a split second, in the bank? Like, when that happens at the church, like, they might fall out or just go straight down, you know? I, and he's like, then the Lord's like, well, he's sitting. <laughs> I, I was like, okay. And I said, hey, because the anointing is tangible. Just ask the young dead man that was thrown in the grave of Elisha's bones. That tangible anointing. And when the young man hit that, all of a sudden, just ask the people that were healed by the handkerchief that was attached to Paul. Just, just ask those people that were healed. Just ask that. The anointing is tangible. Ask Brother Hagin's, all his people that he was teaching the night he was trying to close out a meeting. <laughs> Couldn't get them in. Hey, I need somebody to close this out. Close this out. 
closes out. He'd hand the mic to them. They'd all be like, <laughs> you know, it happened. How many people? Like 15 or 20 people. It just went on for like 30 minutes. They couldn't get anybody. They'd take the mic and be like, bam. You know, the anointing is tangible. The guy's sitting there. All of a sudden, I, I reach over. I said, listen, I want to show you something. You know, in other words, what I was getting at, stop giving me your religious stuff, how, you, how you're going about it. Let's start to get real. We need a contagiousness of the truth of God in this world. And it doesn't need to be just me. It needs to be you. It needs to be you. It needs to be you. The Lord basically is like, light them up. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, put your hand right there. Put your hand there. And uh, we were sitting here. There was a table between us. I said, put your hand right there. I said, now when I pray, you're going to feel the reality of the power of God and that anointing flow into your body through your hand. I said, you let me know. You let me know when you feel it. And I said, I, and I stuck my hand out. And uh, right, I, I started praying. It didn't take but just a second. Just a second. I felt the power of God go zoom right through my hand. And about that time, he went. <gasps> I said, what happened? <laughs> what happened? He said, I felt it. I was like, I know. I did too. <laughs> the anointing, the real, the contagiousness of the truth. The Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 3, verse 16. So there's one coming, I'm not even, I'm not even able. I'm not, I'm not good enough to untie his sandals. But when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. The Holy Ghost and fire. A contagiousness of the truth of God. Now either that's scripture or it's not. Either John the Baptist was a prophet or he wasn't. Either the Holy Ghost wrote scripture and inspired every one of them or he didn't. I believe he did. Not only that, I've seen the proof of it. A contagiousness of the truth. A contagiousness of the truth. I remember one time there was a young man. He came into the ministry. All of a sudden, a baptism. Say it with me. A baptism of the Holy Ghost. A baptism of the Holy Ghost. We need a baptism. We need it fresh. We need it overflowing. We need it baptized. <laughs> I'm reminded of what I texted you. <laughs> I, I texted, I said, hey, Pastor Brandon, and, and, you know, used to I'd be like, yeah, come on. And then I'm thinking, well, I hope they like it when they get here, you know, and everything. I texted Pastor Brandon, I'm like, we Pentecostal. So <laughs> it's going to be Pentecostal meeting. Like there's going to be tongues. There's going to be people getting healed. There might be somebody running, you know. But, and I hope we got an organ player. You know, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be Pentecostal. And, uh, you know, early on in ministry, you know, I, I made the mistake of like trying to hide. Then they'd get here and find out and they'd run out the door screaming, you know. And, uh, but later on, you just like, just tell them up front. It's going to be, somebody's going to probably fall out. Somebody's probably going to fall out. I will tell them, like, no, there ain't no snakes, because I've been asked that before. I've been asked that before. I literally, I was at a, I was at a meeting one time, and they're like, they're like, well, y'all, y'all, y'all are filled with the Holy Ghost? I was like, yeah, yeah. And uh, he said, let me, let me ask you something. Do, do y'all have 
do y'all do y'all handle snakes? <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> no, that's stupid. Did you ever read? Did you ever read Jesus where he said, "I'm not going to tempt the Lord thy God"? It's like that was a deception. I recognize the deception. What it's saying is, if I find myself in trouble, it ain't going to hurt me. But I ain't going to grab one of them, no. But people think that because they don't know. They've been taught to fear the Holy Spirit. They've been taught to fear the truth of God. They've been taught. We need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of God to be the witnesses he's called us to be. The power of the Holy Ghost is not to get famous. However, God will take it and make you famous. He'll take you and, and he actually wants to get you in his glory and he wants to make your name famous for his glory. It will do it, but it's to be his witness. He wants to empower you like what Brother Ted was saying the whole time. He wants to give to you in every area of life. Why? So that you'll have an abundance in every area to do a work in every area. And overflow. And overflow. We need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Early on in the ministry, there was this young man, he came in. And uh, they were learning a lot, man, really quick, learning a lot. I was, he was like, man, I'm just having some trouble with this. I'm just having some trouble with this. I said, oh, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What's that? I said, oh, don't worry about it. Just, just say this prayer and believe God. You know, I, I told him more than that. But <laughs> basically, you know, just believe. God says you need it. <laughs> God says you need it and do it. Oh, okay. See, that's the easiest thing. Like kids, you know. Young guy, he just, I, he, I'd helped him enough where he just trusted what I said. I gave him the scripture, of course, Ephesians 5, 18. But Jesus says, you need this. See, people that don't grow up in a religious-spirited church, they'll just be like, okay. And, and God will just pour out on them. And, and just, just say this with me tonight. Okay. okay. Yeah, did you say it like me? <laughs> Good, okay. To the best of your ability. And all of a sudden, okay, and, and that's what he said. All of a sudden, I said, all right, well, listen, in Luke chapter 11, it says just ask him. He's not going to let it be counterfeit. He's a good God. He's a good father. He's not going to let it be counterfeit. He's not, he's not going to allow that. People think they're going to get demons asking, asking God for God. The Holy Ghost is God, you realize. Give me more of God. You don't get demons asking that question of God. He says, I'm not going to let it be counterfeit. We need the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I said, listen, ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit and he'll fill you. And, uh, and I said, now, what's going to happen is, what, what's about to happen was this. You're going to pray and ask and the Holy Ghost is going to be like, and fill you up, and you're probably going to, you may feel something. And uh, when you do, you'll probably feel, um, you'll probably feel some syllables that come up. And I can explain why every, people go through different things when they get the Holy Ghost and why there's blockages and things. I can, I can work people through the Scripture and show them why those things are there and why the fight against it. I can show them all those things in Scripture now. But uh, I said, listen, and you're probably going to have some syllables. Just when those syllables come up, you just ask God for it. That's who's giving it. He's not going to let it be counterfeit. Just flow with it. And, he, and guess what he said to me? Okay. 
Okay. And so we prayed. I laid hands on him. All of a sudden, guess what happened? He felt, he felt something, right? And, uh, but then I said, now you've got some, do you have some syllables there coming up inside of you? He said, yeah. I said, well, speak them. Just speak them. And he's standing in front of me, and I'm going to be him. And, and he's standing in front of me. And, and watch this. This is exactly what he did. It was one of the greatest moments I've ever had in ministry, especially up to that point. I was like, I felt like a real pastor when this happened. I felt like a real, I was a real boy now. And uh, it was like, and so I was sitting there and, and you know, when you see a promise of God manifest in somebody that you're trying to love and serve, it's just awesome. It's awesome. I love watching God pour out on people. Jesus loves people. He wants to help them. And, and I was like, I'm a real pastor. And this is what happened. All right. And, uh, all of a sudden, he, he started speaking in tongues. And that, it was probably more like ba, ba, ba. But anyway, um, and it's hard for me to go back now. <laughs> and uh, so he said, he said a few syllables of tongues, and then he did this. <gasps> I said, what happened? <laughs> Tell me what happened. He said, I felt it. I was like, glory to God. That's the Holy Ghost. I said, tell me about it. He said, it was like this power shot through me. I said, you know what's amazing? He said, what? I, I said, pray again. It'll happen again. You know what he said? Okay. okay. And then so I said, I said, Lord, right now, just let the Holy Ghost come down. He, he started praying in tongues again. He did the same thing. Like, I mean, he was expecting something different. He, he goes, he go, bye, bye. He goes, oh, wow. I was like, yeah, no, it's awesome. <laughs> it's a great thing. We need a contagiousness of the power of God. We need a contagiousness of the power of God. And we got to get this childlikeness in us that just goes, okay. Be filled with the Holy Ghost, okay. Sing in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, okay. We just need to do that. See, we're going to put the title up as okay. And nobody, they're going to be like, what in the world kind of message is that? Okay, but we need that. We need it in our lives. We need the Holy Ghost. Not only do we need Him once, but we need Him all the time, every day, to the full, till it overflows. God doesn't do things just in enough. He likes to go into excess. He likes to overflow us. He likes to get you so filled up that you can't hold it all. He wants to hold, he wants to overflow you. Say it with me. Okay. Okay. He wants to overflow. God, the, you know, things you never imagine are going to come out of your mouth while you're preaching with a camera pointed at your face. Okay. You know, you never, you never think through that. It just happens. But you won't forget it. And that's why the Lord has me looking foolish in the foolishness of preaching in front of you because you're going to be at home and God's going to say, just believe me, and, you're going, and it's going to come up out of your spirit and you're going to hear me say it, okay, okay. And then you're going to do it and it's going to work and you're going to be like that guy, oh, it worked, it worked, okay. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the joy of the Holy Ghost. You know, it's joy of the Holy Ghost. We need the joy of the Lord. Y'all are getting some of it now. Praise God, because when it started up tonight, I wasn't so sure. 
<laughs> I mean, Ted just about went home and I about followed him. I'm like, yeah, I don't know whose church that is. We needed some joy up in here. Up in here, up in here. We needed some joy up in here. Oh, and what y'all laughing at? I just made that up. Up in here. I don't know. You know, hope is joy, confident expectation. Bible hope is joy, confidence, expectation. When we go, okay, and we receive the Holy Ghost and the joy comes into us, the joy of the Lord, and all of a sudden in a year like 2020, everybody else is like, ah, and we're going, okay, ah. Like they start to wonder what's wrong with you, but then when your ministry starts being doubled and tripled in the middle of it, they go, I need that. And it breaks the shell open. And all of a sudden, they're like, what are they doing? It looks crazy to me, foolish to me, foolish to the world. But there's something right about it. And inside their spirit goes, I need that. I need that. And before you know it, they're in church with you. Before you know it, there they are sitting beside you. Okay! And they're running to the altar, and they're going, Oh my goodness, it is real! I know! But it makes me look crazy. I know! It's awesome! Everybody will laugh. It'll be okay. Okay! Okay. It doesn't make any sense. But God uses it. Okay. God uses it. How many of you have made sense to you the first time you saw of outpouring of the Holy Ghost? How many of you, it was within your order? <laughs> I didn't see any hands go up. But at some point, there was a reality of the outpouring of God that cracked open the shell of your order. And, the, and there was a contagious power to be a witness of the goodness of God that God injected inside of you. And all of a sudden, then you know it a few months down the road, things look different. You have the hope again. And the Bible says you've got to be ready to give an account for the hope that's within you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord, the hope of God, the confidence, the expectation, the love that God has poured out. Out. What can separate us from it? Nothing. And all of a sudden, life changes. And people see you. People see you. I remember one time going down. I was at Dr. Rodney's for one of the first times. And the joy of the Lord hit the place. And, you know, my little religious box was like... You know, I, I didn't like it. And I was sitting there. And all of a sudden, the joy broke loose. You know, and then I had this one guy... And uh, he was like, y'all, <laughs> I had this one guy, and uh, Ted, let me, let me borrow you for just a second. We're standing up in worship. We're standing up in worship. And uh, this guy's like this. He, he's praising and doing all this, and all of a sudden he was like this. <laughs> 
And I, I'm a big guy, and he's like pushing me around. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I mean, he, looked, he was all up in my business. And I knew he was wrong. I knew he was out of order. I knew he was out of order. And here I am in my little religious box. And then before you know it, you know, they had a camera, you know, a camera. And now, you know, you sit around that before long. And what happens if you're just like, all right, Lord, if this is you and you really mean that in your heart, guess what's going to happen in just a few minutes? Okay. And now you're, ah, and you're crying and you're red faced and everything. And there, they're like, here, camera, zoom. And it zoomed right into you. And I was like, I am a preacher. I cannot be seen across the world crying my eyes out with snot going out here. And I heard the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost said, you want me or you want your fame yeah. and your reputation? Yeah. So, oh, God, I got to have you. He said, then get over it. And I was like, you know, sometimes the Holy Ghost talks to you like that. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm not okay. I got to work on it. I'll be okay later, but I'm going to go there. I wasn't okay right at first, but I got okay. And then... The flow of the Holy Ghost came. And all of a sudden, the anointing rose. Because you don't get to separate the parts of the Holy Ghost you don't like. The Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost. His manifestations are His manifestations. You don't get to be like, I don't like that one, but I'll take this one. Oh, I want the power, but I don't want the joy. Huh? Yeah, it's not Holy Ghost a la carte. No, it's okay, I take it all or you take none. But when I took some, even the some I didn't like, all of a sudden the winning of that anointing started to flow. And I watched as my my people that the Lord has called me to serve, their lives started changing. Their lives started changing. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. And you watch, you watch and watch this. You watch in this first century church before they knew to preach. You know, see, all the devil does is he just gets people preaching against something enough till it becomes a common thinking, and then he's kind of won the war. So he didn't know how to stop the first century church, so he just tried to take them out. But even that didn't stop them. But it's amazing how you can stop people just by changing a mindset. That's what you realize. That's what the same people that he was talking about today, evil, antichrist, globalist spirit, that's exactly what they're doing. Every day they preach what they want you to what they want you to think. And what the world needs is a contagious truth. And a contagious truth will beat a contagious curse. It's done it from the beginning of God's goodness and anointing. A contagious truth will beat a contagious curse every time. But we got to have the Holy Ghost. we got to have... And if you watch in Acts before all the preaching against it happened, man, they tried to silence them. They tried to get them to shut up. They tried to do this. I, I just ran a quick, quick search. I, the book of Acts, have you ever read through it just all at one time? Mark down every time they say words like this, amazed, in wonder. They were astonished. It's a book of amazement. 
It's a book of amazement. It's also this. It's a book of manifestation. See, the devil had to take hundreds of years to preach it out of us. But it's time to get back to it. It's time to get back to it. I, I just wrote this down. Amazed is in act, just the book of Acts. The word amazed eight times. Amazement three times. Astonished twice. All once. Uh, the fear of the Lord. Like, oh my goodness, God is so big. Eight times. Bewildered once. Wonder once. Praised or praising four times. That's 28 times in the book of Acts where the people were standing in amazement. And astonishment. Look, watch this. Manifestations. There were signs are one. Uh, signs are mentioned eleven times. Just the book of Acts. Wonders nine times. Power nine times. Grace eleven times. Grace. You see, grace is just not there just so you can go sin. No, grace is a supernatural empowerment, like a word of wisdom. It's a supernatural grace that'll crack the shell, implant the love of God, and be a witness of the power of God. And grace is mentioned 11 times. Healed, healing, heal is mentioned six times. Tongues is mentioned five times. All of these is supernatural power, supernatural manifestation because the disciples said, Jesus, okay. I want you more than I want anything else. 51 times manifestation, supernatural manifestation words are mentioned just in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a book of amazement and it's a book of manifested promises. Not talking about it, not telling stories about it, happening every day on the streets by believers, not just the preachers. A book of amazement. People were amazed. You are called to do the acts of God's amazement. I don't care if you're an apostle or pastor or preacher. Hey, pastor, you're called to it too. Don't let it happen just on Sunday morning. Let it happen in a bank. Let it happen on the street. See the healing, not just, you know, a lot of, a lot of ministers, they are resigned to the average of Sunday morning, and they think if somebody falls out on Sunday morning, it's good. Maybe they're just trained to fall out. But listen, if it doesn't work on the street, maybe what you're getting on Sunday morning is not what you're carrying, but maybe it's just a mercy for the people. Yeah. That God's saying, I love my people so much, I'm going to use this guy. Yeah. And a lot of times we've had the mercy of God not realizing that the reality was we weren't really carrying that much. As that's for ministers. We need to carry the power of God. Because God didn't just call pastors and, and apostles to carry the power of God. He said those that believe, every believer. Do I have any believers in here tonight? Do I have any believers that are ready to be contagious with the truth of God? Do I have any believers that are ready to turn to the Holy Ghost and all of his manifestations and say, okay, okay, I need a contagiousness of the truth. Just stand on your feet right now. Lord, let your infilling of the Holy Ghost come inside of your believers tonight. Lord, let it overflow with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Lord, no matter what it looks like, Father, let your will flow. That's it. A flow of the contagiousness of that truth.
Lord, let it overflow. I want to invite you. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost again, I want to invite you right now. Build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Be filled again afresh today. Say okay again. When the Lord started moving me into ministry as a young adult, as a young man, I'd been filled with the Holy Ghost, praying for people, seeing the power of God and healing and miracles, even when I was a little kid, as a pastor's kid. I had seen that stuff happen with my own eyes. It marked me. All of a sudden, I stepped into the place, that call for Jesus to show people the love of Jesus through the power. His love is His power. And I remember I was coming back to him now as an adult. I was standing in the middle of a Baptist bookstore, hungry for the things of God, looking for any book that would light me up, anything that would, that would get me closer to him. I'm standing there, and I'm saying, Lord, I need your power. I need to be, Lord, I was filled with the Holy Spirit as a kid. I need it now. He said this to me. He said, just start praying in tongues. Can you believe he did that right in the middle of the Baptist bookstore? He commanded me, pray in tongues right in the middle of the Baptist bookstore. I got a kick out of that. I got a big kick out of that. And right in the middle of the Baptist bookstore, I acted just like that guy I was telling you about. Ba, 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 ba. And I'm going to tell you, it was a lot easier when I was a kid in my mind. It seemed to be so much easier. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> As soon as I started praying, I felt the same thing that that young man did that day. I felt the flood of the anointing of the Holy Ghost hit me right in the middle of that bookstore. And something turned on on the inside of me. And I've not been able to turn it off since. The reason is in Acts chapter 1, the book of amazement and manifestation, he commanded us to wait and to be filled and to overflow with the power of the Holy Ghost. And he said, when you do, you'll become my witness. And I had a drive and a desire to be a witness of Jesus Christ around the world, right there in the middle of that bookstore. And all he did is he just kept adding to the fire. And it just grew and grew and grew and grew. God wants you filled. God wants you overflowing. God wants you moving in something contagious that'll work the good of God, that'll work the love of God. And every believer is called to it, not just a few, everyone. If you're hearing this, it can be you. So Lord, we just thank you right now for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Father, for your grace. Just lift your hands right now. Just say this with me. Just say, Jesus, I'm talking to my King. I'm talking to my Lord. I'm asking you, fill me with yourself, with the Holy Ghost, and fire. I'm not asking you for something outside of the Bible. I'm asking you for your will and your will alone. And I know according to Luke 11, you won't let it be counterfeit. 
Fill me. Overflow me. Fresh today. So that I can be your witness and carry your love in manifestation everywhere I go. Now, right now, you just ask the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. You ask the baptizer in the Holy Ghost to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. He's going to be filling some of you right now. We need something that stands out. We need a joy. We need a joy. We need a joy. Understand people that are praying in the Holy Spirit. They're praying out loud. The Word says there's a prayer language, there's a gift. That's not the gift, that's their prayer language. They're speaking to the Lord. They're building themselves up on the most holy faith. Faith. Thank you, Lord. If you already sense the power of God flooding your life, I just want you to lift your hand high. Let me see it. I feel them moving in me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So freaking if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, but you'd like to be filled tonight, understand in Ephesians, it's a commandment. God doesn't see it as optional. Either we're obedient to call Him Lord and do what He says, or we're, or we're standing back, more concerned about logical things in our own order than His order. He's got an order that he wants to fill you with. I want to tell you one more story, but I want to invite you right now. If you want a fresh infilling tonight, come to the altar right now. If you've never been filled, but you want to be filled and praying in the Holy Ghost, come to the altar right now for a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost, a contagiousness of the truth of God. Deb is the leader of our children's ministry. She's back helping the kids right now. She was raised in a very large denomination worldwide. Lots of, lots of laws, lots of rules. Lots of rules. I would say, I think she would agree, she was scared of the Holy Ghost. She was scared of it. She was like, she didn't know what to think. It took her several weeks. Finally, she got her mind out of her way and she just said, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, I, I, I want you more than I want control. I want you. And all of a sudden, in that instant, as soon as she let go, the power of the Holy Ghost filled her and overflowed her. And she did almost the same thing as that young man did. She fell back. We were actually at her house that day, and my wife and I were ministering to her. She fell back on the couch. She started praying in the Holy Ghost. And then she said this. She said, after she kind of came to, she said, Why did I fight this? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. She was like, This is awesome. I was like, I know it's from Jesus. Why did I fight this for so long in my head? Why, did, why was I fearful of God? I was like, I understand how you got there. But if you just say, Jesus, I need you more than I need anything else. I trust you more than my fear. I trust you. Then all of a sudden, you'll become a witness. But not only that, he'll empower you. He'll empower your life to walk 
like he's asking you to walk? Is there anybody like, I want to walk more like Jesus. I want to walk in the freedom. I want to walk in his power. I want to walk free of sin. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers you to do that. And so right now, as I pray for you, right when I lay hands on you, just understand that infilling of the Holy Ghost is going to fill you up. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be new today. And tomorrow you can pray in the Holy Spirit and it'll be new again tomorrow. But this is what I want you to do because I found this to be true over time. So many times we're thinking about the people around us. We're concerned about somebody else. We're thinking about somebody else. You know, it, this is what I want you to do. I want everybody in here, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Lift your hands to Jesus all by yourself. Let the Holy Ghost do the work in you and let the Holy Ghost do the work in the person next to you, down the row from you. Let the Holy Ghost do it. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to help us yield. And right now, just as you have your hands lifted, Lord, I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy and the overflow of the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And as you, as that Holy Ghost stirs in you, just listen, in faith, in faith, in faith, in faith, take those syllables that he gives you in faith. Take those syllables and start speaking them out in faith. Like, Lord, this doesn't even make sense to me, but I'm going to speak it because I know you're going to feel me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now fill her, Lord, in the name of Jesus from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. That's the anointing flowing and moving through you, empowering your life like never before from this day forward. Overflow in a contagiousness of truth in the name of Jesus. He's going to keep filling even as I walk away. Hallelujah. Holy A fire of God. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, Lord, light him up. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pour your love out in such a way in the name of Jesus, the anointing of the Lord. Let it shoot through her. La ha ha. Glory to God. So He's longing to utilize you. Longing to utilize you. Longing to utilize you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, more, more. I see him taking you to new levels. You've grown so much, but just watch. Just wait. Oh, he loves you. Oh, what a trip. What, what a hunger. What a trip. Oh, glory to God. Overflower. Fill her, Lord. Overflower and fill her. She was here for this night, 
for this reason. Lord, you got an answer. And Lord, she doesn't have to know all the details, but the answer is right here. The anointing breaks every yoke. The flow of the Holy Ghost is a truth that will set a free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Ho, ho. Fresh flow of the Holy Ghost. Fresh flow of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> so much is coming alive. So much is coming alive. <laughs> so much is coming alive. The anointing of God. The anointing of God. So <laughs> A fresh overflow. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Show Lord, let them take off. <laughs> Fire of God. Woo. Glory to God. And joy, joy of the Holy Ghost. One hand here. Out of your belly, rivers of living water. It'll be on. Thank you, Father, and on you. Thank you, Lord. Joy. Now just pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray with me this time. Stirring it up, building yourself on the most holy faith. Hallelujah. 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 Austin, something's happening. Something's happening inside of you. It's happening in your life. Just say this with me. Come here with me. Just say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Something's happening in his life. The Lord's touching you, Austin. The Lord's touching you. He's doing great things in your life. <laughs> Glory to God. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Shute vere kenere. Lamo opere ere koromoso. Harur goldstini. De blostom. A new overflow. A new filling. A new overflow. A new filling. A new overflow. And a new filling. Thank you, Lord. Pastor, would you mind if I pray with y'all? Thank you, Lord, for your overflow. Here you go. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for strengthening. Thank you for strengthening in Jesus' name. Lord, you know everything. You know every plan and every mystery. And Lord, you know how to pray it out and make it come to pass. Lord, bringing every weapon to nothing. Ah, yeah. Ha, ha, bo, bo, bo. I see that the enemy has seen your heart and seen what you're up to. And he started forming some stuff and it didn't take him long. Ah, but I see the Lord. You, and like he promised and prayed in John 17, you're in the world, but you're kept. You're kept from the evil one. You're kept from the evil one. I see you as kept. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, glory to God. 
Lord, let your anointing overflow in their home, in their ministry. Lord, let your anointing overflow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ, in Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening them, lifting them up, taking them to a higher place. Lord, letting every word that comes out of their mouth, it carries the oil. It carries that, that yoke breaking. It carries that shield cracking. Anointing of God that will bring freedom to everybody they're called to minister to. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Blessing of God. Blessing of God. Hallelujah. Oh, Freda Kanea, Sodoro Kodonoso, Frodo Bosabosabe. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ha ha, Frodo there's been a great work started in you. He's, he's bringing about some great and mighty things. Oh, and the overflow of the Holy Ghost. The overflow of the Holy Ghost. The overflow of the Holy Ghost. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Broken it. Hannah, the anointing of God. The overflow of the Holy Ghost. I hear it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I see you saying that a lot. Okay. Okay. So they the overflow of the Holy Ghost. Yep. When times have felt heavy, times have felt rough, it's been the lack of an overflow that's made it that way. But an infilling every day will keep that evil away in Jesus' name. An overflow. Fill yourself up in the Holy Ghost. Build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Oh, an overflow. See, if there's not an overflow of joy, if there's not an overflow of peace, if there's not an overflow of power, there's a, a infilling that needs to happen. Can you see? Can you see? I need to walk in it more. I need to be filled every day, all the time, all throughout the day. All praise God. You've heard me tell the stories and you've watched me do it. Where I'm going through the day just praying in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's talking. They're talking all around me. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. You've seen me do it. There's a, and what you don't see is how many times I'm doing it and you don't even see it. But you need to live that way. And overflow. Thank you. An overflow. Put your hand on your belly. An overflow. Yeah. Something happening now. And a virtue and an anointing in the Holy Ghost. Okay. Yeah. Overgo overflow in the Holy Ghost into your children too. Overflowing out of you. Thank you, Lord. Overflow. All oh, glory to God. I used to pray in the Holy Ghost in my car. 
and Luke would be like three years old, and all of a sudden I'd start praying in the Holy Ghost. And, and I'd hear the joy of the Lord coming from the back seat. He'd just start laughing. <laughs> He'd laugh at me every time I pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, the joy. He didn't even know what it was, but the joy would hit him right in the back seat. <laughs> yeah, glory, glory, the anointing. It's the answer to what you've been going through, the overflow of the Holy Ghost. Are you going to walk in it? Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> Anoint her, Lord, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mom, will you step out here, please? An overflow of the Holy Ghost. An overflow. I'm not operating as your son right now. I'm operating as a vessel of God, a man of God, with an anointing to release, an anointing to impart. You feel it? Yeah, glory to God. That's an anointing of an overflow, an anointing to overflow. You're going to have an overflow in your home. It's going to set some things straight, and it's going to set some things in line. It's going to bring about a freedom. It's going to set the enemy at a run. In the Holy Ghost, I mean a gentle and a genuine flow of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I caught some of that myself. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Flow of the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing a work in every life. Thank you for doing a work in our kids. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Love you. Yeah, overflow in your home. Overflow, overflow, overflow. He's going to show you. You know, the Word says He will teach you all things. Ah, he's going to show you how to be the mom you've always wanted to be. Things where you've had questions. And you said, Lord, I just don't even know what I'm doing. And he's going to give you wisdom. You're going to be sitting there, and God's going to give you a peace and a grace. And all of a sudden, the flow of God is going to show you exactly what to do. And she'll be raised in a house of God, in a house of God, and she will not depart from that word. She'll be blessed. She'll be anointed. She'll be overflowing. She'll know how to pray. She'll pray for people and things will happen. And it'll be because you decided to go to church one day in a parking lot. Because I needed church. I needed church. We need the assembly. We need the anointing. She said, I can't stay out of church in the middle of the lockdown last year. I want you to know. She said, I can't stay out. I need Jesus. I need help. She said, I've got to find a church that's open. She went to church. All of a sudden, her whole life changed. Is that right? Life changed. Stay with her. Hallelujah. Father, we just praise you for your goodness and your mercy. Will you, will you sing something? Just take it.
just lift your hands all over this house. If you're thankful for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, give God all the praise. Hallelujah. those hands one more time and sing it like this. Say, rain on me, rain on me. Holy Ghost showers, Holy Ghost showers. You gotta rain on yesterday's yeah. Today I'm in need of Holy Ghost showers. That's right. Breathe on. Come on, come on, come on. Breathe on, breathe on me. Holy Ghost power, breathe on. Mm -hmm. For yesterday's gone, today I'm in need. Holy Ghost, come on, breathe on. For the breath of God breathing in this place tonight. Father, we thank you for every instruction, every word, every life that has been touched by the power of God. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Lord, tonight you've taken us to a different place. We thank you for the seed of this word. We thank you that with all humility and hunger, we receive this seed and we will greedily guard it, Lord. We will greedily guard this seed as precious because it came from you. It came from heaven. And if it came from heaven, we're not letting it go. We're not letting it be unprotected. 
Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory and honor and praise worthy of a king, worthy of a Lord. You are so awesome. You're so great. Just magnify him for a minute. Father, we thank you. We give you glory tonight. Sanda Shabarelinde Sebedese. Sondo Shokobo Kode Kerike. Banka Buende Casa Kamba Kobo Kobe. Banda Shabarelinde Sabade Samba Sayate Oto. Handa Shabada. Londo Kobo Kobuen. Banda Kayata Kalanda Saboro Sombode Buende. Fanda Bandai. Landa Shabada. Father, take our level of praise and thankfulness to another level, God. Let it be higher than it's ever been before because you're worthy of more than we've ever given. Lord, just increase what we're able to give. We thank you for this night. We praise you, the giver of all good things. You're awesome. We love you, we praise you, we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Well, we thank y'all for being here tonight. Come back tomorrow night, 6.30. Bring someone, look for people who need a touch of God. If you received, guard it, but then give it away. Blessed to be a blessing. Go find people to bring into the house of God, and we will be back tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. We love you, be blessed, and we'll see you then.